When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Conversations with the Voice of Reason. I'm your host, Benjamin Boyce, and today's conversants are Rudy, who is a Scottish gay rights activist and art designer, or, uh, yeah, graphic designer, and Phil Illy, who is a Portland-based researcher who's written extensively about autogynophilia. What happened a couple weeks ago at the GenSpect conference was that Phil was present and a photo of him with a detransitioner was taken at the event and then a few days after the event created a dust storm on Twitter where a number of people who are in the feminist slash female camp took issue with Phil's dress and asserted that he was violating women's safety by performing femininity or appropriating femininity. And in this conversation, Rudy takes the mantle of that criticism and complaint about Phil and Phil endeavors to explain his position, not only his aesthetics, but his position on what autogynophilia is. I find this conversation to be more interesting than just a Twitter dust-up because it shows the line between morality and science or describing behavior and judging behavior. And that's what we get into. That's what we drill down into. And everybody is welcome to have their opinion. I hope that we can be reasonable in how we deliver that opinion and then come to some sort of cultural consensus about how we manage, navigate, and police our behavior in public. Without further ado, here is Rudy and Phil Illy. So Rudy, um, yeah, meet Phil. Phil, meet Rudy. Uh, oh. Just for, well, I guess just for the sake of uh, having a conversation, what, would you guys mind like introducing each other to each other or yourselves to each other? And then we'll, we'll figure right. out the vector of discourse. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start. Um, Rudy, I'm a, an autogynophilic male who wrote a book on autogynophilia and autoandrophilia and i wore a blue dress at the gender conference and it was against the unwritten rules and now i'm in twitter trouble mm. that twitter jail yeah, though, i don't know it's a free speech platform still somewhat oh yeah you're not you're not in twitter jail are you i've i've barely been on twitter the past few days because i've been sick so <clears throat> you're still very much on twitter correct yeah, no, I meant like, like I'm getting mobbed. Yeah, like you know, yeah, where I, everyone's I, mad. I, I was one of those people. Yep, I was one of those people. <laughs> I don't know if you saw. Did you see my tweet about you? I mean, there's a the lot situation. of them. Oh, yeah, I think you posted a long tweet at some point. You know, when you're getting like all the stuff gets lost in the noise, you can't keep track of who says yeah. what. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. That happens to me. Yeah, yeah. It happens to me from time to time. Really? So I get it if you didn't. Huh? Yeah, would you like to like uh, just uh, do your basic introduction, like your vector of coming into this, and then maybe your opening statement? Uh, we don't have to do it like a debate, but it'd be nice to like get like kind of the grounding here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm Rudy, as you know. Um, 
I'm a gay man. I'm, I'm very open about being um, gender critical. Uh, although I do, um, I do go to a lot of um, women's rights events and things like that. And I think my whole thing lately has been that there seems to be a little bit of confusion. Like what you were saying earlier to me about the difference between Kelly J. Keene's approach to being gender critical, even though she doesn't call herself that, um, and sort of J.K. Rowling's approach, right? To me, a lot of the women who I've befriended in this who are gender critical, and some of them are both gender critical and call themselves radical feminists. So I don't even put all radical feminists under the same umbrella um, or in the same box, whatever you want to call it. Don't have an issue with uh, different kinds of gender expression and men in dresses or women in men's clothes or whatever. That's not the issue for me and that's not the issue for people that I've befriended in all this. It's It's very, very different from that. So I'm hoping to maybe clarify gay men who are coming from where I'm coming from, our position on this, and maybe perhaps the women's too, not that I'm trying to speak for them, but I think I've grasped where a lot of them are coming from. Yeah. Okay. What's, uh, yeah, what's the, uh, what's the basic, I guess, what's the line was... in the sand or the basic intention? As it, of my position? Yeah, the position. Yeah, to me, it's like being gender critical to me, it's it, one of the most important parts of that is the fact that I've always believed, even before turf was a word, even before the, the current culture war, that, yeah, men can wear pretty much, pretty much whatever they like in public, and so can women. And because your attire doesn't make you a man or, or a woman. Right. If a man wants to walk down the street in heels, I could not care less. Um, my issue with this whole thing is that I felt like, and Phil's not the first person I've seen do this, but it's probably the the one that's had the biggest reaction that I've seen online. My issue with Phil's approach was that you, and correct me if I'm wrong, were trying to make it seem like that's all you were being criticized for is wearing fem t stereotypically female garments when you call yourself an autogynophile, which means you get turned on by this. And so imagine if me as a gay man... What, what do you... So every time you see a man, do you get turned on? Like every single time you see a man, are you like, wow, I'm turned on right now? Ooh, we're going there. No, absolutely not. No, I'm just pointing out that like autogonophilia, like other sexual orientations, is means it's a propensity for arousal to a certain type of stimuli. It doesn't mean it's happening all the time. And the outfit I wore is just part of my regular rotation I wear every day. I just put it on and I go eat breakfast and I start doing my work. I'm not really thinking like, wow, I'm in a dress. Wow, this is so cool. It's I don't really even think about it. I just prefer it's to not wear a it. sexual orientation, though. You're calling it a sexual orientation. Fetishes are not sexual orientations. Um, so in sexology, fetish is refers to a sexual attraction to non-genital body parts or non-living objects, you know, like a, 
like um yeah like us. right and that is different from having an autosexual orientation where it's you're not attracted to an object like you are a self you're a being and it's still it, not an orientation no it is though it it is it, i think you just have not. a really <laughs> No, your definition is, is probably politically motivated rather than like psych, like the, the science of psychology of sexual orientation motivated. It's not politically motivated. My my definition of what an, a sexual orientation is, is based on reality. There are three sexual orientations, right? Homosexual, heterosexual, and bisexual. And they refer to who you are attracted to. It has nothing to do with what gets you going based on what garments you wear that's not a sexual orient it, you, it literally orientates you towards others right sexual orientation usually externally it's usually externally oriented but sometimes for some reason there's an inborn predisposition for it to be internally oriented and then it makes you want to become whatever it is that you're attracted to right so here's my thing so when you turn up to an event, right, full of women or just anything, a anywhere where there's a large group of women, right, and you are dressed up, the issue isn't so much that you're wearing a dress. I honestly don't care that you're wearing a dress. It's the fact that you're wearing it around the people who are the object of your fetish while you've already admitted that this is your fetish so i could only wear a dress in a man's only that. environment you're saying i can only wear a dress if it's only men around is that what no. you're saying no what i'm saying is you should not be wearing a dress in public whatsoever ever around anyone because including here right now because we are not consenting to your fetish now if you were like prince and you just happen to dress like have a gender non-conforming presentation about you, but it's not something that is the object of your desire, right? It's it's your it's your kink. I wouldn't have an issue with that. But you've already how, said. How do you know? How do you know that Prince was not AGP? Well, he never said so. Yeah, the concept wasn't really around, and if he had heard about it, it's highly denigrated. So. It's unlikely the he would have talked about been it. No, the concept's been around for decades. I, was it the 60s or 70s or something? It's been in Texas for a long time. Yeah. Well, can whatever, I, whatever it is. Let me, let me just uh, enter in here. If I, am, if I am heterosexual, am I allowed to be around women because they are the object of my fetish, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> being heterosexual is not a fetish right what phil did is the equivalent of now this isn't something i'm particularly like super into or anything but plenty of gay guys are right let's say jock straps are my thing that's my thing i'm going to turn up to a conference wearing nothing but a jock strap and everyone just has to deal with it because that's what that's what i like to wear that's what turns me on that's the that's just me. Like, so, no, so we don't. You, you we don't think have a jockstrap is equivalent to a full outfit? Is that what you're saying? If that full outfit, and you were all covered up, and you are covered up today, if yeah. that full outfit is what makes you hard, even if it's not physically hard, like you're 
you don't act like you're not having like a mental uh, menstruation, mental (laughs) masturbation session. You call yourself an AGP. Yeah, and you're showing that you have a poor understanding of it. It's not that I'm doing anything wrong. You have a poor understanding of autogynophilia and what sexual orientation is, is my contention. I am homosexual. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what that means. Oh, yeah, I know. Homosexuality is a sexual orientation, yeah. And you're comparing that to... To auto-heterosexuality, yeah. And you, what's the comparison? That both are gender-based sexual orientations. They're sort of... No, immediately you're wrong. That's not true. My sexuality no. is not gender-based. I'm not homogenderal. Okay. I okay. like men. It's okay, sex slash gender based. They're both sex no, slash gender based sexual no, orientations. Not at all. Sex. Well, we let's let's I'm not, not uh, to genders. I don't know what genders are. Yeah. yeah, let's clarify what you mean by gender rather than arguing whether or not you're yeah. making sense. Like, so what do you mean by sex slash gender? Is gender a viable category? Can you define just, it for us? Uh, I think gender is just sexness. Like, it's it's like traits associated with sex, but it's not sex itself. Um, but they are the signifiers we pick up on with a lot of how orientation works. Like you could, you know, see, like say Benjamin, like if you saw a woman that was attractive and then later found out that she was a pre-op transsexual, but she had clothes on so you didn't know, then like it was the gender things that your brain was picking up on. And so like, yeah, our brains yeah, pick we, up we, on- Yeah, we would agree there. Yeah. 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 They're sex stereotypes. The sex traits. Or yeah. signals or symbols. Well, I would, I would say right, stereotypes, yeah. but in general, broadly, so we agree the, there. Yeah. The peacock, the male peacock's feathers aren't his sex, but they are a, a signal of his sex, which would be more yes. of a gendered, a gendered or sexed trait. So an orientation know, yeah. has to do with sex slash gender. So I'm attracted to females, but also femininity. I'm actually... Femininity is also a part of my attraction to females and therefore like masculine female. I'm not really attracted to a masculine female. I'm attracted to a feminine female. So sex slash gender. Does that, does that make sense as a category of within the realm of sexual attraction or erotic attraction? Yeah, I almost agree with it. My thing is that's all true. However, the minute you find out that who you thought was a female actually isn't your attraction goes away and that's why you are heterosexual and not heterogenderal, right? You can pick up, let's say someone passes, which is very rare, but when it does happen, because it happens, right? The minute you realize that you're not dealing with who you thought you were dealing with, it goes away. So sex trumps it a hundredfold. Okay, that's but that doesn't mean that there's, there's other things other than just genitals going on. Yeah, there are, but there's no, there are other things. But when Phil and people who believe in what Phil believes in make that comparison, like, oh, here's my orientation, which is purely based on, well, not purely, but mostly based on gender and comparing that to someone whose orientation is purely based on sex, like there, there's no, there's no comparison. That's not so, what sexual orientation is. One thing it's that I would like to ex- orientation. <laughs> have Phil expand on, like, so I, I, whenever I've spoken with Phil or about this issue, um, 
there is a, a way of arguing that says that this is a fetish or this is a paraphilia or this is an orientation. So what I'm kind of picking up on is fetish is a very, very targeted, usually connected to an inanimate object. And then a sexual orientation is a much more broad form of sexual. Really. Um, no. So I just, I, I wonder why, um, cause, cause fetish just, it seems like a thought terminating cliche. It seems to make Phil, uh, it associates Phil's dress with a perversion. And then it allows for the argument that we are in this moment participating in his, we're non-consensually participating in him getting off somehow when we are, but there, there's different levels to, I can really enjoy a female's company without necessarily getting off on it, like getting off in a very crude way, but like I am participating or enjoying flirtation. Flirtation is different than like actually groping her or being creepy. Like I can participate in a, you know, the, the, the you know, the fun parts of that, the fun parts of that gender interplay or sexual interplay without it being actually sexual, sexual. Right. So I'm wondering yeah. if Phil's contention and Phil, can you help me understand this? Or if I'm on the right track here, that an orientation allows for various different ways of relating to the world or plugging into the social world that aren't all about the boner or all about the uh, orgasm or all about dis distilling everything into that crude pointed sexual release. Yeah. Sexual orientation has several dimensions. Like the most common one is gender slash sex, you know, whatever you want to call that one. Um, and there's also age. There's also you know, other ones like species or race, you know, like people have race-based attractions, you know, some people are attracted to other species. You know, I'm not talking about like the ethics of like, whether it's okay to act on these various things. I'm just simply saying that psychologically speaking, sexual orientation has these other dimensions to it. And, and like some of them are not normal and they're colloquially called, they're called paraphilias in the, in the literature. And not all of them are healthy. Right. I mean, or ethical. Yeah. They're not all of them are ethical to act upon. Like there's a difference between an attraction and an action, you know, like be between like having a feeling and a behavior. Obviously the behavior is what we can morally sanction, but like feelings are kind of morally neutral in a way. Or we can't act on them. Right. Well, there's ones that are like unethical to act upon. Yeah. Rudy, do you, do you, so this is a part where the conversation could totally fall apart, but there is a difference between the ought and the is, right? So sexologists have yeah. been studying zoophilias, all these philias, and it's one thing to talk about it, but you're not necessarily sanctioning the action to say that, that it, this is the case, that in human sexuality, attraction to these various categories exists. And, and we have, yeah. and because it has exist, we have yeah, laws banning certain forms of expressing that. It does. I, I'm making the faces I'm making up because I don't believe that that obviously that exists. Uh, uh, it just really, I thought I could keep it together a lot better than I managed to. You're so doing far. great. You're I'm, doing great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to let him speak. Uh, I really am, by the way, Phil. I really, am. I just feel very passionate about these things. And just as a gay man, some of the things you're saying, I just find a little bit mind blowing. Um, because one of the things I did notice, because I've not been keeping up with the situation as much as I'm sure you have, because it concerns you. Uh, but one of the things I did see 
on your social media is that you were saying some of these women were being homophobic by virtue of uh, being sort of a fashion police type of thing. And I've come across women like that. Women like that certainly exist. Women who call themselves feminists. I, are you are you referring to Eric yeah. Kimberly's tweet where he had a sentence where? No, you said you said the word homophobic. Yeah, about some of the women. Well, I guess All right. I'll look that up. I'm, if I'm wrong and it wasn't you, I apologize. But I'm I'm sure I saw that. Um, and my thing is, I'm not claiming that there are desexual attractions, right, to things we shouldn't be attracted to, such as animals and things like that what i'm saying is what phil is doing and what a lot of people who believe in what phil believes are doing is very subtly making you compare and contrast on the same level things like zoophiles and homosexuality by saying oh well there's all these sexual orientations there's heterosexual, there's homosexual, bisexual, there's autogynophiles, there's zoophiles. Don't put me in that conversation. I am not in the conversation of people who have a perversion. Now, do I think your perversion is in the same category as people who like animals? No, right? However, those are perversions. How do we? How do I'm we? I'm a homosexual. Yeah, it's not Liberty, the same thing. Your your language is very like it's moralistic language rather than it's like about ought rather than than is and and basically the main thing is I I understand you have an issue with me using the word orientation to refer to these things. Yes, and I've seen many people have that complaint. With however, as far as I can tell, based on all the reading I've done these do, things do appear to be sexual orientations and the question of which ones are okay to act upon and which scenarios is sort of like where the moral conversation would be but like in no, fact because no matter this is of what the argument is, people used against gay people this is the exact argument people use to take away my rights and the rights of lesbians so i won't have it it's wait, not wait. a sexual orientation mm-hmm. it's a perversion okay. that's what it How- is how is me expanding which um, which things can be considered orientations? How how does that infringe on on your rights? Can you explain that? Because you are making a comparison by putting us in in the same category of sexual orientations, me and someone who wants to shag a dog, and I won't have it. Right, and those and again, the issue here is one of them is ethical to act upon, and one is not. I think we agree. But they're on not. That. No, they're not the same. It's not just that they're unethical they are not the same thing they are not the same thing at all like by virtue of whatever because by virtue of first of all consent right i can't ask a dog or a horse for consent you didn't ask the women who you parade your fetish around for consent someone who shags a dog doesn't ask the dog for consent i ask men for for consent like uh, there is you, no comparison. Rudy, are you capable <laughs> of talking no about like what is without considering what ought? Like, because I, I feel like I'm trying to explain what sexual orientation is, like with, without regards to morality. And you're jumping straight to morality. All of your arguments are morality based. Because and we can have that what, conversation. That's, that's what oppressed gay people like. What, what, how do you think gay people feel about it? 
based on our history? Um, I imagine they feel all different things about it because they're individuals. Mm -hmm. Okay, so do you want to expand? Is that all you want? Do you want to expand on that? Um, I don't know all the gay people, so, but, so I'm not going to expand on that. No. I don't know all the straight people either, but I'm I'm pretty positive that the vast majority of heterosexual men wouldn't put you in the same sexual orientation category as them, and wouldn't call it a sexual orientation to begin with, and would call yeah. it a perversion. Yeah. Right, and up until around the 70s or so, homosexuality was classified as a perversion. Um, and it got changed due to political pressure. Uh, it, it wasn't due to scientific evidence, but more recent scientific evidence has shown that it does seem to be distinct from the things we call paraphilias. Um, yeah, because we, we require consent from each other and you don't. That's the main difference. Yeah, when you, you can always consent to yourself. That's the thing with the, these autosexualities. Yeah, but you're forcing other people to be exposed to your auto-sexuality all the time. I'm not forcing people to be exposed to what I like sexually all the time in public. Because of your signifiers. You, you don't signify yeah. your, your homosexuality. And Phil well, I, I don't walk around in the garments. It's not so much that me looking gay. There's plenty of people I'm sure think I look gay. It's not that... It's whatever that means, right? Uh, I know I sound gay. Uh, it's not that. It's I don't walk around in the things that turn me on. That's what I mean. It's not about looking gay. It's about I don't walk around in fetish gear. Now, what he's wearing right now, I wouldn't consider fetish gear, but it's a fetish to him. So therefore, it is fetish gear. So, <laughs> this okay. So the fetish word here is like, I think it's, impeding people's ability to think in this discussion just with the general twitter mobbing over the don't past week don't insult my intelligence if you want me it to is, let you speak don't insult my intelligence please he was talking about in general on twitter yeah and it is the i was case. i was saying yeah i was talking more oh. broadly that people are using the word fetish and it's making them think that it's wearing a clothes like i'm just literally like rock hard 16 hours a day you know and just like like just constantly mentally aroused when it's like, it's really not like that in, in terms of like how it feels subjectively firsthand. And it's, I just, I don't think it's okay to like police how people want to dress as long as they're sufficiently covering up the right body parts to a sufficient degree. Like I beyond that. that. Okay. Well, well how, yeah, I don't, how, I don't like fashion police, but I guess we'll have to degree, disagree well, about how do that. We, how do we police fashion? And then one, this is, this is the big question, Phil, but it's none of my business. Like what motivates you to dress the way you dress? What is the intention behind it? Because they, people are ascribing a sexual motivation to why you make the fashion choices that you do. And they're having an issue, not with the fashion choice, but the intention, which I don't know how we are supposed to police people's intention, but because you've explicitly stated that you have this orientation that allows people or that motivates people to tie one and two together and assume that you have a sexual motivation and an erotic, um, th that this is an erotic experience for you to dress the way that you dress. 
And if that's the case, then how do we go about discerning who's dressing due to erotic intention and who isn't? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right. Um, so I, I prefer to wear women's clothing. And the reason I know it's because of autogynephilia is because I read a bunch of like the research on it. It wasn't like, you know, like many years ago, the first couple of times wearing women's clothes, like, yeah, it like could trigger arousal, but like, that's like, that goes away pretty quick because there's only one of you. So there's like, after like the honeymoon period is over, so to speak, it, it, it tends to be more of like an emotional thing. Um, and so like by this point, like I'm wearing mm. women's clothes every day and I really just think nothing of it and I just go about doing what I'm doing. And but why? I, like why? If you, if I may ask, cause, I, my cause I feel, cause I feel better emotionally when I wear them compared to when I do not. What, what, can you describe that state of emotional uh, feeling better? Is it is it euphoria? Is it relaxation? Like what level of um, bliss or lack no. of anxiety or tension are you feeling? Uh, it's at the point where it just feels normal. Um, in in the past, like I imagine, like if if I had to, if I was forced to wear men's clothes again, I would find it very uncomfortable. I know in the past when I had like a an engineering job like as soon as i would get home i would like change out of my pants like pretty much as soon as i could i didn't understand why at the time that it bothered me so much but i just it just did and um yeah it was uncomfortable to be wearing men's clothing and so i stopped wearing them okay so how does how does a certain way of dress um facilitate an orientation rather than a fetish like what's the difference here if if you are not necessarily attracted to yourself um or attracted to the clothes themselves but something about the clothes um the gendered clothes specifically um one attracts you uh with regard to the female or or makes you feel okay and or one that makes you feel not okay with the male like a male typical dress like how is this not a fetish um because it, okay, it does have to do with these inanimate inanimate objects i'm trying to use the very specific right. yeah well because the inanimate objects are just means of symbolizing the femininity they're not the direct attraction themselves so you're not attracted, not attracted to the pantyhose or to, wearing the pantyhose no, but they no, are a signal or, or signifier of femininity yeah they're a symbolic invocation of that inner femininity okay and i think rudy can rudy uh or the part uh the people that rudy is like championing right now are saying that because it is a mode of dress it's not it doesn't just stop with you 
Like, like you are auto, you might be auto heterosexual or whatever. You might be attracted to yourself as a woman, but because you're signaling that it's, it, it ripples it has a cascade effect. So it's affecting people around you on one level or another, or it's, it's at least sending a signal to other people. And that signal has been habituated through the last few years with AGP people acting horrendously and recording that online. Um, so you're being associated with other uh, m much worse actors, but it's still the same signal that you're signaling, right? Uh, yeah, the clothing might be signaling that to that particular subset of people that, that don't like AGPs, um, but my actual behavior was fine, like at the conference, for example. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, there's plenty of people that are like, that said it made me uncomfortable to see a man in a dress, but after I talked to him, I got no creepy vibes and it was totally fine. So Rudy, how do we how do we discern the man in the dress who's okay to be wearing a dress and the man in a dress who's not okay to be wearing a dress? Like how do we discern that? Like as strangers, like without being in somebody else's head, how do we know how to judge their behavior? Well, God, I, next time um, I come on your on your channel, I really need to start taking notes because there's so much there that I wanted to respond to, including things <laughs> that I'm totally fine with. By the way, not that Phil cares about, you know, I'm not. I don't run your life. You don't need my permission, but um, yeah. Like I think especially the part where you said that you simply just feel more comfortable in those garments. I don't have an issue with that. I, I've never had an issue with that a day in my life. Um, and I still don't. I used to wear makeup when I, when I was in high school, like I don't Why? care. Did um, it make you feel good or like, like what I was, uh, well, no, I've always been very into like the eighties and people, it's so funny. A lot of left, like hard leftists uh, say to me sometimes like, oh, you've got the whole like look that TRAs go for with the mullet and the mustache and this. It's like, I've been doing the eighties since I came to this earth, like just stop it. So yeah, I was just obsessed with like Pete Burns and people like that. So I used to do like crazy eighties makeup. I wasn't really trying to look um like a woman it was more like a 80s gender bending thing uh and but how did it make expression. you feel like to to express yourself in that way it just made me feel creative hmm. you know uh, i was a really creative kid i'm still a creative person uh so no i don't but even but in saying that i did know other gay boys when i was a teenager who were much more effeminate than I am. And they did do their makeup in a very female kind of way. And that's fine too. Like I don't, I really can't stress enough how much it does not bother me. I don't agree with the notion that men have to like certain colors or certain, you know, hobbies or, or, or a certain style to be men or that that makes them more of a man because they're going for a, for a stereotypical male look. If they want to go for that stereotypical male look, go for it. There's nothing wrong with it. But there's also nothing wrong with a man in a dress or a man in heels. I really, really can't stress that enough. Um, but yeah, as far as discerning which men doing that, I would consider perverts and I would consider a danger to the public in which men don't i don't think when phil refers to his behavior it makes any difference to me because the way you dress is part of your behavior 
So your 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 behavior to me, it's like you don't just wear a dress. You've already called it autogynephilia, which is not the same as the second part of his statement that I agreed with when he said, well, it just makes me feel more comfortable to be this way. A lot of LGBT people and some straight people too feel more comfortable in the opposite sex's garments. That's not autogynephilia. That's just right. being so, gen gender non-conforming and that's fine. But you're, I, it, I, I hear a contradiction there. Why? Well, I no, there's know no contradiction. Why do you call so yourself autogynephilia is the explanation for why I feel comfortable in women's clothing. It does not indicate that I'm aroused every time I'm wearing it or even most of the time. It is just the ultimate define, scientific I, explanation I think for I'm why I feel that way. I think I'm your definition of autogynephilia wrong. How do you define autogynephilia? How are it's you like defining sexual, it? Sexual or romantic or romantic attraction to being a woman. So you just said the word sexual. So when and you or, identify and or romantic, I also said or romantic immediately following that, which okay. means either. Okay, even even romantic, right? Let me give you an example. I often criticize uh, female to male people um, online who fetishize gay men, right? And they don't just fetishize us online. They, oh God, my light's gone off. That's all right. They don't just fetishize us online. They fetishize us in person. They fetishize us in gay clubs. They fetishize us in, in gay saunas and stuff like that. And they sexually harass us. And so part of, uh, sorry, the light totally distracted me. Wait, let me, let me, let me catch my thought. Um, yeah. So when these females do that, right, it is without my consent and therefore makes me uncomfortable and makes me feel in a way sexually violated, right? So when you're saying that you have this sexual and or romantic feeling about the way you dress, when you're around a woman, she has every right to then feel uncomfortable because you're you embodying what she is biologically is what gets you going, even if it's just romantically. She didn't ask for that. Do I have to ask permission to wear a particular gender of clothing? Because I'm sensing a contradiction between you saying it's okay for men to wear dresses and the other sort of things you're saying about how... It's all about motivation uh, then. Yeah, it's, it's about like the their psychological it's motivation. It's about intention. The here. It's about intention. Your intention is to feel either sexually or romantically attracted to yourself as a woman, which then a woman has every right to feel uncomfortable and violated in her, in her space around her. Absolutely. She does because I feel um, uncomfortable when, when male to female people do that and call themselves gay men, it's the exact same thing. Like I didn't consent to this behavior and it is behavior. Well, once we go down the line of uh, everybody has to ask everybody else's consent for certain behaviors, oh, then then eventually we're going to get to a place where we're going to enable a, um, a hardline fundamentalist minority to dictate what everybody else wears and does. And the, just like the classification of per whatever, whatever is in the bucket of perversion like like the people 
society decided what was in the bucket of perversion. We're saying this is what's perverse. So we have these natural instincts, but nature isn't good. We're going to put certain things in this bucket and we're going to call it perverted, right? And certain things, and that's a discussion and that's a negotiation of what we're going to put in this bucket of perversion. Because perversion is not a scientific concept. That's a moral, that's a moral design it's about that, consent benjamin well okay so if 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 consent is what That's allows what makes us it a perversion for me yeah okay yeah consent so so if if i was let's say i don't like this term but let's say if i was homophobic right and i said i i don't give you consent to have sex with men. I'm going to revoke your consent by the, by, by, because I, I don't consent to you having that, that relationship. I, uh, and society used to do this, say that we, yeah, yeah. we allow, there's the, the, the only, uh, the only thing that that's consensual is going to be a monogamous relationship after they're <laughs> married. We're going to put very strong guardrails over what can be consented to. Right. But over time yeah. we've, we've flex, uh, we've had conversations uh, and and allowed that category of of what is allowed to be consented to, to to expand, yeah. and so if consent is what allows us to place some some sort of um, desire either into the bucket of perverse or not perverse, then how is how is Phil? I, I just don't see how how we can start to assign to Phil like he's violating my consent. And then how do I know that other people aren't going to start to tell me what I can do and what I can't do? Like like with women, like if we're if we're going to base uh, dress codes on male sexuality, then we're going to end up with women in burkas because that's the best way to control male sexuality is to revoke no. male eyeballs access to women's bodies. Right, because the men don't consent to be turned on by the yoga pants in the grocery store. The yoga pants in the grocery store should be covered in a modest, modest attire. Right? Does does that make sense? Are you asking me if I think? Well, I'm just I'm just saying like the same argument about male sexuality and consent can lead to a whole bunch of dress codes and we can go there if we want to, but that would start to revoke more and more of women's rights and women's ability to freely express because no, no, no. if we're going to tell Phil how he can express himself, then that that's going to go around and we're going to start to tell everybody how to express themselves and we do that anyways. Phil's not wearing a ball gag. He's not wearing like some sort of puppy play fursuit. He's not doing that. It's a man in a dress, so it's not totally yeah. out there. But how do we know to what extent he's getting off on me seeing him as something? Maybe he gets off on himself feeling a certain way, not necessarily me feeling a certain way about him. Right? Yeah, but that's not that's not mine nor your problem. This is my thing. Like he's already said that he is autogynephilic. Yeah. When you get turned on by a woman that you that you find attractive in the street, it's not like you've already made it clear that you have some type of perversion. It's just you. But she didn't give a, me, I didn't ask for consent to be turned on. She just turned me on. And most men are straight. So like statistically, you could just assume that the man would yeah. be attracted to her. What, what do you mean? You could just assume that the man would be attracted. Well, you said that like there's, a man and that basically you couldn't tell someone's sexual orientation based on how they were dressed, you know, with, you know, like that man seeing a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm not understanding your point. Sorry. I'm, I'm, well, if, if, I don't understand. It, it, I didn't give a 
I didn't give the consent to the woman to wear yoga pants and she's turning me on. So she's, she's eliciting my sexual arousal without my consent, but that's my, that's my responsibility, right? That's my responsibility. It's my responsibility to control. Yeah. That would be you. Well, yes, but that would be you dictating to someone who isn't, who doesn't have a book about their perversion, what they can and can't wear where the clothes they're wearing aren't even uh, something that satisfies their fetish. That's completely different. So, because if you go down that that rabbit hole, you could also say, well, all women are exercising their fetishes in the the exact same way that Phil is, and all women are not. But you can make that. If you start to police other people's behavior based on the intention, then you have to guess their intention, or you have to draw lines around intention, and we can't legally prosecute that. It's just not efficient for that. us to go go around that's and telling not the people. Case here. He's already said it. He's okay. already he has a book about it. Yeah, like, because... I'm not making this up. Yeah, but but yeah. his book expands on what autogynephilia is beyond just a guy jerking off in a lady's bathroom. Like, so we have a particular understanding of what AGP is in GC Twitter because they're constantly sharing uh, egregious behaviors on behalfs of uh, on behalf of people who would probably be AGP. Phil is not that same sort of person. He didn't participate in anything like that. He draws the line around around entering female spaces, entering female sports. He wants to accept himself as a man and he doesn't want to violate that sex-based category, right? So he's... Yeah, I'm following all the rules that gender criticals have said for years that that are acceptable, that basically as long as you don't identify as a woman or enter female-only spaces, that you can, or, or like ask other people to use your pronouns, basically if you don't infringe on anyone else you're allowed to wear to dress how you want you know you that you can be gender non-conforming and yes. the thing that's funny about this blow up is i have followed their frequently stated guidelines and yet they still got mad and that's what's so interesting about this because you missed one which no. is you also don't you also don't get to exercise your fetish around people who didn't agree to it which is what you're <sighs> doing you're doing it right now. Like, had I known that the dress code was come as what turns you on, I wouldn't be dressed in this. So I must have missed some kind of memo. Um, it is like what I've, it is. So, Rudy, I've explained this a few times that there's this idea that just because I'm attracted to being a woman, that if ever I do anything that symbolically represents that, that that is for erotic to derive erotic satisfaction like and that's simply not like the first-hand experience of how it feels at all and so it's just really off base when people say that i'm like exposing people to my fetish simply for being gender non-conforming with regard to what i wear i i don't i i i honestly think you're missing what people are actually saying that's not what people are saying at all i'm attracted to being a bottom okay i didn't turn up today with a dildo up my ass neither did i you turned up in a dress Um, which is the thing that turns you on like (laughs) and i just explained multiple times that it's just my everyday clothes and i derive no erotic satisfaction from simply putting on my everyday clothes 
But yeah, you so do sometimes. You does, said it. Sometimes does, you do. Sometimes you don't. When it's convenient yeah. for the argument. Does does, does I'm, and I'm sorry for the audience. Does Rudy does not having a dildo up your ass make you no longer gay? Does your does your homosexuality stop when you're not um, being penetrated anally? I'm sorry to be that graphic, but it's <laughs> a bigger. A no. <laughs> it's a good question. Of course it doesn't, right? Of course okay. it doesn't. But uh, I don't suddenly does, become straight, like it's the magic yeah. wand. But, but your homosexuality, it influences your, your dress, it influences your aesthetic, it probably influences your creativity. Like it, it's probably just, it probably, your erotic nature probably informs a lot and animates a lot more of your personality than just that one sexual act. Yeah, that sexual yeah, act might, might be like, like where it's most intense, but like it, 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 it informs, you know, how you talk, how you move your body. Phil's contention, yeah. if I may be so bold, Phil, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that his sexual orientation or his, his, his erotic spin, how he, how his, 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 uh, his life force goes is that he really likes to be feminine. He really enjoys femininity. He really dislikes That's being right. masculine. And yet in my conversations with Phil, he, he, once he started to understand the motivations be behind him wanting to dress this way, he, he understood that, that he, he embarked on a process of, of accepting himself as a man and not wanting to transition, not wanting to appropriate womanhood just to be in that to, to express himself femininely right so so his his entire book and that's where he loses me is is about allowing the agp motivation to not result in the destruction of sex-based categories and uh very crude and not uh not for certain um not evidence-based medical interventions that might not even give you the result that you want so phil is drawing a line by making a space for understanding this erotic motivation but there, there you go again you just said it erotic this is my thing yeah. i agree with phil on a lot of the things you just said my problem is the minute phil realized that his motive, his reason for feeling more comfortable in feminine attire is because he's an autogynophile. Whether that's romantically, whether that's sexually, or both, sometimes one, sometimes the other is really irrelevant to me because, again, consent is my number one issue here. Um, I didn't, I do, women don't consent to you feeling those romantic feelings about them in, in your fetish gear. But the minute he realized that his motivation for that was autogynophilia, to me, should be the minute that any person of sound mind should say, oh, wow, it's autogynophilia. It's a fetish for me. I shouldn't be wearing this around people. Do your fetish at home. Do your Practice your fetish in private with other consenting adults or you as the consenting adult. Uh, so, very Rudy, hmm. um, Benjamin was just p trying to point out that our sexual orientations have a broader impact on ourselves, our identity, and our expression in life that go far beyond eroticism. And again, you just constrained it down to simple eroticism when like, our orientations are much broader than that. They have very large impact on like what we care about and how we choose to live our lives. And there's a bunch of actions people take in everyday life that is ultimately motivated by sexuality and 
they're not even aware of this and like advertisers know this so many ads are just trying to like plug into people's underlying psychosexual motivations but they're not necessarily erotic yeah but i think the extent to which that happens has been highly exaggerated by the the gender cult of the, today the tras because yes being gay does impact other aspects of myself and other aspects of my life besides what i like in the bedroom that's true However, being gay is not my identity. I am not the gay. I am the Rudy. So it's not an all-encompassing thing. Like, I'm still also a man, and I'm still also Portuguese, and I'm still also a million other things. Like, it, it, we get, once we focus on that one aspect of someone, we get into the whole uh, identity politics conversation, just like how BLM activists all they want to be all they want their identity to be is black there's nothing else to you you're not american you're not uh christian you're not muslim you're, you're just black you're black 24 7 well there's there's more to you than that and there's uh, more to me than than my erotic fixation which is why i don't dress in what turns me on all the time around people do you dress in a way that would be attractive to men That's a good question, because I'll tell you what, when I was younger, so like between 18 and like my mid 20s, I dressed in a way and I did my hair in a way that was much closer to what I thought men that I was trying to date wanted to see in a guy my age. Right. And I think straight people in their own way can relate to that. You're supposed to grow out of that. You're supposed to become confident in yourself as you grow older that you stop trying to do that as you gain confidence in, in who you are as a person. So I would say, no, I dress in what makes me comfortable, what makes me feel attractive. If someone else finds it attractive, fantastic. If they don't, oh, well. Okay, sounds like I feel similarly about how I dress. I like to dress. So, yeah. So I think one fine point, and maybe people can't wrap their head around this, Phil, is that you're wearing a dress, which is a social signal, but that social signal is constrained to yourself. So it's not like you're trying to get, well, to what extent women are being influenced by your uh, behavior is to what extent are you trying to get attention from them or from other people? How, how, to what extent are you involving other people in your, um, in, in your sexual orientation? Um, I'm not dressing to try to get other people to look at me. I don't really care if they do or what their opinion is about my outfit. I dress because I like it. Yeah, but I yeah. do the same, but it's not it's not the thing that arouses me and it is for you. No, Even if Rudy, it's not I've explained multiple times in this conversation. Yeah, you haven't. You haven't. Yes, I have. That these are just my everyday Thank clothes. Yeah. And I put them on and I don't really think about them again, which is part of why this dust up at Genspect is so funny, is because I was not thinking about my clothes or whether people were seeing me in the clothes. I did not care. I was there to meet people. 
and Look, talk I'm not to even them. trying to be funny, but you it was very evident that you weren't thinking about your clothes. Um, like, that's just what that outfit's just one of my in my regular rotation every week. I I don't like to put a lot of thought into what I wear. And it, well, I guess we that's the other conversation. Funny. Well, okay, so yeah, that's that's the other uh, that's the other level of if once we back away from the sexuality conversation, then we get into the fashion conversation. And I think that they're so parallel because fashion's all about signals. So what Rudy's pointing out, and uh, maybe perhaps rude. Lee, is that uh, that was try was that that was a play on word right um is that yeah. like fil- fil- people are questioning your dress like if i stri- if if i was at a business conference and i wasn't wearing business clothes like that's that's more of a fashion conversation so the 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 conversation's bundled up in this if we want to have a conversation about oh, fashion then we have to if we're going to have a conversation about appropriate attire and appropriate not having to do with sexuality, then it's another conversation. And then one does have to wonder, why do we wear the clothes that we wear? Because we know that other people are going to see us and that our clothes do send a signal. So we have to be aware, Phil, you have to be aware of that, that your clothes do send a signal, right? Yeah, like they can see that I'm a transvestite. Like yeah. I live in Portland where no one cares because there's worse problems here than whether a man wears a dress <laughs> and this is like a trans oasis. So like, yeah, yeah. People don't care here, here either. People make out like because of the whole turf island thing, the transvestites are being hunted down in the streets. They're not, nobody cares here either. Yeah. Then what's the problem? Uh, the problem, first of all, I was just being funny earlier. I wasn't trying to say that like you weren't dressed in attire that was formal enough or anything like that. If you've had that conversation with people on Twitter, that's not my conversation. I don't, I, I don't think you need to be in business attire to go to a conference, to be honest. I mean, yeah, sure. Like don't turn up in a bikini or like trunks or something, but yeah. Um, I was just making a joke cause I thought it was a terrible outfit and I do, um, and I'm sorry, but again, we're talking about gay men more more than just um, more than just my sex life being affected by me being gay. Yeah, this is one of the things. Like your outfit was horrific, so there's that. I don't understand. Like it just was, man. Like you're wearing like um, what's it called? Is this an Americanism? Like cleats or whatever like football shoes and like a blue velvet. Like, oh, we, this is, uh, what uh, was that? wait, wait, uh, gay eye for the AGP guy all of a sudden. <laughs> it just yeah, was and terrible. The, and the AGP guy's indifferent to the gay eye. I don't care. That's fine. You don't have to care. Yeah. I just, I was just trying to be funny because yeah. it's true. It was. Well, beyond the, yeah, beyond the, that personal, like what's, how do we, I just don't see how we enforce dress codes. I, I, if that's what you want, but that's not what you want. It, we, how do we how do we impose um, codes on intention? How do we how do we know why people wear what they wear? You wrote a book about it. <laughs> yeah, and and what does your book say about why why autogynophiles uh, do what they do, Phil? Like that. I mean, the clothing is to symbolize like to tap into that feminine side that they're attached to and that they, they like being in touch with. So it's not yeah. necessarily there, there's a, there is a, uh, there's an erotic component to that, but there, there's also a psychological or romantic component to it. Yeah. Like an attachment component, like you get, 
you get attached to it and used to it. And then if you say wear women's clothes every day and then go to stop doing that, you'll feel really uncomfortable. Well, like, forget my humor about it, right? Forget me making fun of your fashion, because you're welcome to make fun of mine, too, right? We're all adults here. I don't care. If your whole thing is, like, to be in touch with your feminine side and all that, like, do you think women... I don't know a single woman that would have worn that outfit. You're sitting here today, again, no offense, you look like an extra in the fifth element. That's not the way women Thank dress. you for the compliment. So, like, well, I mean, there there were a lot of people with, with a lot of funky side. clothing there. I mean, Laura Becker's very, very. Funky, I have funky you know? clothing. Yeah, I have, yeah. I but the funny thing is, all the time, like the picture that kicked this off, like Laura's outfit at that particular moment had like lots of bright colors, lots of different clashing patterns, and everything. It was quite funky, so to speak, and people weren't getting mad at her. Well, and there was also like a transvestite. Uh, there was a transsexual in the background her. I didn't too. Like her a fully post-op transsexual was in the background too. Just right, being being a female who used the men's bathrooms. Yeah. No, I th I think uh, she used her own private room bathroom. No, I saw her in there. She she snuck. Oh, in. really? Oh, okay. Well, not snuck in, but walked in. And oh, yeah. I say yeah, she, I she's I guess... very very convincing as a female. Well, no, I. I say she just because I'm overall pronoun respecter. I think it's not worth, like, at least for what I'm doing, it's not worth quibbling over that. There's more but, important things. But, Phil, if, if women are being habituated to, to perceive men in dresses as a, as a threat to them, so this is the other level, to what degree are you willing to modify your dress to make women more comfortable? Like, is that a reasonable request? Are, are you talking about, like, specifically in the gender-critical context yeah let's let's say because, let's like, say it is specifically those women that have exposed yeah. themselves to a lot of anti-agp like thought over many years and, and developed hardened sentiments and attitudes against agps oh my God. no it's true it's true it's, it's it, there's no, a lot no, of that there's true. a lot of outrage porn i mean it's it's outrage porn over actual porn but it's it there is like there's it's a lot true. of there's a lot of uh credence on twitter by by uh mocking this community and this community is not without um need of of mockery because of the way that they're behaving is is shameless um but that's different than what phil's doing phil is not uh behaving in those ways and and yet, if he's being associated with those people, Phil, to what degree is it your responsibility to ameliorate the uh, feelings of discomfort of women? Um, I I don't feel a responsibility to change my behavior based on how they've propagandized themselves against my kind. Oh my God. Like I just they have these hardened negative attitudes towards AGPs. And I didn't do that. Granted, like the trans movement, yes, it has it's overstepped its bounds, bounds in various ways, and I understand why they're upset. But that's I don't think that's my responsibility. That's mm -hmm. they have to deal with their own feelings. Can I please respond to that? Because uh, that's just categorically not true whatsoever. Um, women are not being radicalized by what they see online from AGPs. Um, I don't know how many women you've known in your life. Women have always, since the beginning of time, known very well the difference between an effeminate man and a pervert. And they know the signs. They've always, before autogynophilia even came into since the, the conversation. Since the beginning of time? Women and girls, yes. 
women and girls have to protect wow. themselves against certain types of men. And they know my mother, my mother talks about this all the time. When did, when exactly did people start pretending that a woman doesn't know the difference between say an effeminate gay guy and it goes back to to you just taking my criticism of your fashion as like a funny sassy gay thing it's not with your look your entire look gives buffalo bill it doesn't give a feminine man it doesn't give anything that you think it gives it's 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 not giving your hair it, it, it's it's very much like serial killer vibes like people instinctually know and I'm not saying you're a serial killer, but people instinctually know who to stay away from based on the way they present themselves. And women have always known this because women uh, are predated upon sexually outside of the, the subject of prisons, because I know people make that argument all the time. But outside of that, they're predated on sexually far more often than men are. And so they've developed these instincts since time immemorial like it's it, it's not something that they're being radicalized over you are not giving to me someone that i would feel comfortable sitting at a table with and i'm not even a woman i i certainly wouldn't let you sit at a table with my mother i wouldn't um, phil is, okay. is there like a link between predatory behavior and agp like just numbers speaking are there uh um, other like propensities for i don't know narcissistic personality disorder sadism other stuff is there other stuff mixed in in your research to i i think that in general if someone has an uncommon sexuality you know in, in the literature they're called paraphilias if someone has one they're more likely to have other ones um and I, as far as I can tell, I, I haven't seen any direct studies on this. It does seem that such populations have a higher rate of mental health disorders. And that makes sense, you know, because if one thing went off track in development, you know, other things might have too. Um, hmm. But it, like, I think it's, it does, someone being AGP doesn't mean that they're necessarily have one of the harmful forms of other sexuality or even have any other uncommon forms of sexuality. You don't need another uh, one. The one you've got is bad enough. How, how does it? How does his Ru desire yeah, to be a Rudy, female like at all? I just have a weird kind of heterosexuality. Like, why is it so bad? Because it infringes on others. Benjamin is Benjamin isn't walking around like exposing people to what his fetish is, and he's well, a heterosexual. What if, it's, uh, what if it's my silken voice going into their ears? I mean, that could be, <laughs> who knows what I get yeah. off of. Or yeah. what if he likes, like, really, like, business casual, you know? Like... You're comparing... It's, uh, honestly, you're comparing things that are just not comparable. Well, just but to what extent is Phil an actual danger? If if that is if that if it comes down to women feeling in danger from Phil, to what extent is he actually dangerous? Is he actually a psychopathic intrusion upon their spaces? Because he's not going into their spaces. He's relating to them uh, very respectfully in public. Like yeah. and not infringing, and he's very socially adept. Like I was in room with them, I didn't have any problems sitting there oh, thanks, and drinks Benj. or whatever. Like yeah. we had a we had a good time, you know. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the, and and plenty of women had like a who is this guy, uh, and and plenty of women were like, oh, that's an interesting guy. 
right? So uh, there was a array of different reactions from the women that I saw in the room, in the, in the milling room with Phil. So mm-hmm. to what extent was Phil actually a danger? To what extent does the symbols that Phil is signaling by that picture triggering this this online mob that has habituated themselves to point to connect what Phil is doing with his fashion to Buffalo Bill. They're making that leap. Phil is not making that leap. They're making that leap thousands of miles away in time. So, so to what uh, degree is Phil, yeah, to what degree is Phil responsible for how these people react to him who don't even want to have a calm conversation with him, don't want to like understand who he is beyond just this symbol, this blue flap fabric that he enjoys? To what degree because, is he responsible for their feelings? Look, I'm not a woman. However, I, and I'm not saying that all women, all women go through this. I'm just, I'm just making a point here. Just bear with me. Um, I have survived, uh, sexual harassment, sexual abuse, like various different things like that. And for me, when you are a person at risk of that, or has been at risk of that, or feels that way for whatever reason, based on life experiences, which most women do feel that way, um, life is about quick decisions it doesn't really matter to me whether his intention is to harm women or or not i'm sure it isn't right i'm sure it isn't however he can't then uh make people who make very quick decisions as in i need to stay away from that one because all the signals point to x y z whether it's true or not um make them out to be some type of radicalized extremist they're not they're looking after themselves and they have every right to and i think if you truly cared about the opposite sex and how they feel about it you wouldn't be behaving in the way you're behaving you how's wouldn't. he behaving like just with his yeah. dress every other vector of phil's personality and behavior as far as i've seen it is well i, I guess you do do handstands and shake your butt i guess that that's, it's a, a that's, good it's a good mating call yeah. yeah. <laughs> but other than that, he's reasonable, he's respectful. He doesn't he's not he doesn't leer, he doesn't tower over anybody. He's very aware of his 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 height, his build. So he, he, yeah, he composes like, himself I in a way that he's not. I give him yeah. the personal bubble. Like I know that like I've paid, I've learned a lot about human psychology and and I know that women can perceive men as threats. So I know how to avoid triggering those things so that they feel comfortable because I want them to be comfortable because I love them. You As obviously human don't. You uh, look, look at the. Oh my god, I can't. You, you obviously don't. You obviously. Rudy, I don't think don't. you understand, like <laughs> what erotic target identity inversions are. Like it, it's when you get attracted to being what you love, and then you want to embody it. It does not mean you hate the category of thing that you're embodying. It's quite the opposite. I didn't say you hated anybody. I said that don't compare that to actual sexual orientations that involve consent. Or and especially don't compare that to um, zoophiles the way you did earlier, because that, that's right, just so, sick. So we're kind of in a situation here where it seems that you're okay with men wearing dresses. Yes. Only up to the point until you find out that they're to some degree autogynephilic. And then at that point, it becomes a fetish that must be strictly sequestered and kept out of the public Absolutely. eye completely. Absolutely. Right. And so, yeah. And so what's happening here 
as you're saying, basically that gay men can wear dresses, but the other type of gender-based queer cannot. First of all, there's no such thing as queer. I object to that word very much. Like, don't even associate me with that. I'm not even uh, commenting on that word. Second of all, no, I think that <laughs> there are there. What do you mean? I just did what? Then you made a comment about it. Like, I mean, yeah, okay. The word queer, it's bad because of queer theory. I get it. Like, whatever. The 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 sexual. It's not the bad for sexual... queer theory. It's bad because it's a slur. It's a homophobic slur. Well, let's not get let's not get stuck on that stupid word. Yeah, let's not do the language stuff. All due respect. Well, to yeah, the let's. <laughs> Let, no, there is no respect for the cues whatsoever. Let's. Because if I was a black person, you wouldn't be using the N word left, right, and center and expect me to be like to say nothing about it. I also wouldn't so, use that if you were a different race. What do you mean you wouldn't use what what do you mean? I, I wouldn't be using that word anyways, so I don't I don't see Okay. Okay, so, so then, so then what's don't the point? use queer either. <laughs> Same thing. So, okay, fine. So basically there's there's this political movement that's trying to attain rights for sexual minorities. It started with same sex attraction and then after gay marriage and such was won in the US, it pivoted towards being about trans, which, and there's two types of trans, there's the auto heterosexual kind and the homosexual kind. And this pivot happened without people being told that now there was this other sexual minority of autosexuals trying to gain certain things for themselves. Like, I understand why the same sex attracted people are upset. Like, I get it, but I don't see why only same sex attracted men should be allowed to wear dresses, but men with other orientations cannot. You didn't let me finish because that's not what I said. I've met camp. Look, I live in Britain. Britain is full of camp men. Camp straight men. Like, that's like, what do you think panto dames are? I have nothing against a straight man wearing makeup, wearing a dress, wearing... Why, a why, why, would you, a why do you think man? he's wearing that? Yeah, yeah why would, why a would he wear man? that? What do you mean, why, why would he wear that? What, what motivates yeah. him? So you think that every single heterosexual man that wears something feminine is an AGP? I think a lot of them have some degree of it. It's a distribution where it's usually mild, but yeah, I think but that you guys said you have to that. find out that you had to find that out about yourself when you when you went you went on some kind of journey of self discovery. Like why why am I motivated to dress this way? And then you figured out that it was because of your autodynophilia. So if you had to go on that journey, clearly it's not that obvious that every single camp uh, or effeminate straight man is doing it for uh, no, some kind of paraphilia. Right. It's not obvious to them that they're doing it for that reason. So they're all perverts. So panto dames no. are not perverts. Well, pervert no. is a different category of word. Pervert is a moral designation that we have already defined as something having to do with consent or without consent, right? Yeah, but that that is how I categorize Phil. He just categorized me as a queer, so... I apologize okay. for using the umbrella term that the woke have adopted. I didn't mean to offend you. Thank you. I well okay can we agree that men's sexuality is just kind of intense and can go in all these different directions and so society has erected different structures like consent to regulate or to give men guide rails around which to organize their sexuality but men's sexuality is pretty intense and it goes in all these really weird directions 
Is that, yeah, it, do you guys agree with that? That Yeah, unconventional, yeah, males have a higher sex drive on average, and they're also more likely to have unconventional sexual interests. Yeah. And so we, but we live in a society to quote some. That doesn't mean we need to normalize the really extreme stuff though, like zoophilia and like, come on. Okay. Well, how about a type of heterosexuality that is pointed in a different direction? How about that? Not when that direction makes the opposite, the vast majority of the opposite sex uncomfortable and feel violated. No, yes, it does. No. The vast majority of women, even women who aren't involved in this, don't know the terminology, don't know the term turf, don't know the term AGP. I guarantee you go anywhere in the world, the vast majority of women would be freaked out. Not just by the way you dress, but if you were to explain everything you just explained to me, they would run a mile. That has not been my experience. And I've talked to hundreds of people about this over the past few years. And it's really okay. not as big well, an issue as you're making yeah, it so out to be. I guess, I guess if, <laughs> okay. Phil, if, Phil, if Phil, if you were exposed to that reaction on behalf of women, and not online, but in person, let's just put it into the real world on, for this sake of this argument, would you modify your behavior if you saw that you were constantly turning women off, making women feel scared? Yeah, that would feel really uncomfortable. Would like, that feel more uncomfortable than wearing male 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 clothing and would you modify your behavior like you said i mean it depends how often that happened and how intense the severity was right so one is not enough thank you yep yeah well no i mean but we well, can't one gauge is not it enough, by online no. yeah yeah that's a problem that's a problem well i've been around women who really have problems just with men because of the way that men trigger them in one way or another it's not my responsibility i mean i can i can take care i can take notice of that it's my responsibility to take notice of how somebody feels in my presence and then modify my behavior but i can't control a woman's emotions if she just blanketly sees a man and starts panicking but, yeah, but that's, that's only that's happened to someone a few who times. has an issue with an entire sex. That's not someone who has an issue with a particular person's behavior. That's and, different. And, and clothing or appearance is a form of behavior that should be policed based on women's feelings. Look, clothing, first of all, to an extent, clothing should be policed anyway. Yeah. And that's not me being funny. That's not being me no. talking about being sassy or anything. Because yeah, yeah. you can't you can't wear a bikini to a job interview unless you're being interviewed for like Baywatch or something. Right. So to to an extent it should be policed anyway. But it's not about oh, we all need to call up every woman we know before we get dressed. It's about this specific man has written a book where he refers to himself as an autogynophile. And he explains an autogynophile, it Yeah, and, and he, he explained it today. And an autogynophile is someone who does have a sexual arousal reaction, whether you are actually hard or not, is irrelevant, to embodying a woman, right? That's not the same as any okay. man under the sun. So it, is it... So there, there are some males who have a sexual propensity to be sexually aroused by the idea or fantasy of being with a woman. Um, is it okay for these men to be around women? By the idea of of being with a woman? 
Yeah, yeah. There's some men that are sexually attracted to women. Is it okay for those men to be around those women? You're comparing, honestly, you're comparing things that are, it's just ridiculous the comparison you're making. It's not, though. They're, they're both it, it heterosexuality, is. but they're in different directions. Yeah, the, the, Phil's, Phil's claim is that his heterosexuality is, is directed back at himself rather than directed to yeah, women. Yeah, which seems like it would infringe even less on women as long as I'm, like, I'm not even, like, doing, breaking the rules against identifying as them or whatever, you know? I'm not even using yeah, their bathrooms. Women, women are the subject of Benjamin's sexual orientation. Women are the subject of your fetish. That's yeah. why women What's the are difference? around you and not around him. What's the difference That's between a fetish and a sexual orientation, Rudy? Can consent. you articulate that? Consent. Consent. Well, I have to ask for consent every time. Well, no. I, well, I just don't act in a way where I need to ask for consent. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You see, Benjamin, women have already consented to live in a society where the vast majority of men are into women. They didn't consent to live in a society where they have to be exposed to men who want to embody them and see the female form in themselves as what makes them hard. Like there's no comparison between you and Benjamin. Like no. this is why I don't I don't call it a sexual orientation. No. It's not Rudy, it, it's not. You, you said that women consented to living in a society with men and they did not consent men and women simply exist and this is unavoidable no one consented to there being two sexes well there are sex the, separatists yeah. who i can't stand by the way but there are sex separatists both both male and female who like incels and fem cells who just want nothing to do with the opposite sex so they didn't consent clearly the they revoke their have. consent yeah they or revoke their consent. Their consent. Right. Clearly, the rest and, of us and they're voluntarily separating themselves, and that's that's fine. So, but it involves consent. Okay, you so do have you, a choice to live around the same sex if you want to. You never have to work with the opposite sex if you don't want to. If it's about consent, how them. many? How many? Can we? We we would have to hold a vote, and we would have to figure out like who who's taking this vote among all women about what they are comfortable or uncomfortable with. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of women in my society being uh, current year United States wouldn't care if a man wears a dress and it turns out that he's yeah. not gay because like it's his feelings. He's over there and he's not visibly aroused or imposing on me. I don't care. So the fact yeah, that they don't Phil, care. So the fact that Phil, I, I guess it all comes down, it all comes down to Phil spending a lot of time and energy trying to understand the mechanism behind <clears throat> heterosexual men wanting to embody femininity. And he puts that under the category of autogynephilia and autogynephilia. He, he said it's, it's a spectrum. There's, you can have a certain amount and, or it can completely dominate you. And if it goes hardwired, then you end up with all of these AGPs that we see masturbating in women's, um, uh, lockers, uh, you know, the Leah Thomas types who, who get pleasure out of dominating women and, and violating their spaces. That's a form of AGP, but that's, that's different in, uh, in, in intensity to the man who likes to, dress up every every once in a while like wear makeup i don't know what you called them the, the, those heterosexual men who dress up in in your country right so just, phil just is just saying that there's this guy <laughs> yeah there's this there's this there's this sliding 
scale of how intense this desire is, but it's all kind of autogynophilia. It's there's something for certain heterosexual men where they want to, they, they take pleasure or comfort even in appropriating womanhood or in in, in, in uh, attiring themselves or engaging with femininity on a, on a attire level. Well, yeah, on the it's, level of attire. It's not, the, the, here lies the problem that Phil is making this assumption that any, that all or most straight men who want to do this at any level have some, some level of AGP about them. And that's just simply not true. Or even the notion that know? they want to up- embody or appropriate womanhood because I know camp men. I know men that do panto dames every Christmas and, and, and they love it and they love walking around in heels. Yeah, why do they, they like it? Great in Rudy, it. Why, why do you think they like it? Again, again, you're not going to agree with the word pervert, but you're basically saying that every straight man who does that is essentially on your level of perversion and it, there's not even a level of perversion to begin with. They're not embodying womanhood they're they're laughing at themselves i'm sure you've never seen a a, a british panto when men do this they plenty of them enjoy it they love walking in heels they walk better in heels than a lot of women i know but they're very aware of the fact that they're laughing at themselves they're they go on stage and they do this whole joke about like they're not seriously like turned on by it and making people uncomfortable with it. It's a completely different thing. Well, that's assuming drag that drag is ruined nowadays. Phil has drag a, is full of AGPs now. Any, uh, it, it, this, the, again, that, that raises the question if Phil has any, if his so-called sexual orientation, let's just use that word right now, is at all to do with violating, um, violating social norms or imposing his uh, fetish on women when it's not, it doesn't seem to me that Phil is concerned at all about women's reaction to him. His, his orientation or his desire to express himself is about himself. It stops and ends with his self. It stops and ends That's with fine. his manner. Do it so home. it doesn't, okay. Do it at home. Don't do it around my mother. Don't do it around my niece. Okay. Don't. So again, but you are right with gay men dressing in women's clothing. I'm all right with straight and gay and bi men dressed in women's clothing so long as it's not uh, the subject of their fetish. Yes. Right. So so it's okay as long as they don't know that they have autogynophilia as a motivator, right? But like you just assume people are perverts. You're no, so unable no, to imagine I'm that people aren't. I'm not assuming that, Rudy. I'm yeah, assuming because you're that... very obsessed with your own perversion. You can't get your mind out of that mindset. No. No, that is yes. not the case. Well, I, I think um, that I think that the word perversion is where we can't bridge the conversation. Like Rudy, if if you perceive it as a perversion and Phil doesn't perceive it as a perversion, then I don't I don't see how we can make any sort of mutual understanding. It sounds like that word that that's the word where we can't figure out mutual understanding. There's been mutual understanding. I I understood him when he was saying I simply feel more comfortable in these clothes but then he contradicts himself by saying yeah but sometimes i have romantic or sexual feelings because of it it's like that's not just feeling comfortable mate okay well so yeah we're in this weird situation where it's sort of like a schrodinger's agp where it's okay for a man to be wearing women's clothing up until the point you find out that 
they might have some degree of autogynephilia in their psychology. Up until the point I find out, but also I have eyes and nine times out of 10, it's very clear which ones are doing it for which reasons. And which is exactly why I said earlier that I don't think the vast majority of women are, are even women who call themselves TERFs, like this specific group of women, are being radicalized because they just have eyes. After this whole thing happened at Genspec, I saw women on Twitter posting pictures. I even retweeted some posting pictures of like, here's a man in a dress. Do you think this man, does this man signal any type of danger to anyone? And everybody was like, well, no. Like we all know the difference just by looking. No. And nine times out of 10, we're right. We're right nine times out of 10. Yeah. It's very obvious. 90% of the time you're right. Well, yes, I'll give you an example. Now, this isn't something you do specifically, or as far as I know, but there's uh, a lot of AGPs, especially older AGPs, that do the whole um, Lolita slash little girl thing, like pigtails, shit like that, right? Pervert. Pervert. That has nothing to do with being gender nonconforming. That is like run a mile. So the minute I see that Lolita type stuff, I know what I'm dealing with. I'm not dealing with an effeminate man, whether he's gay or straight. That's not what I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with perversion. So yes, nine times out of 10, it's very obvious. Why is that perversion uh, dangerous to society? I mean, if if we're talking about what's, what's good or bad, what's healthy or not healthy sexuality or expression, then why, how is Phil a danger to women or violating women just by having funky clothes. I don't know that Phil is a danger to women or not. I never claimed that I know for a fact that he's a danger to women. And it's certainly not because he's got funky clothes or doesn't have funky clothes. It's because he's talking about, um, my, my issue is that he's talking about, embodying femininity or embodying womanhood when no woman dresses like that like it's just terrible the way he dressed like women don't dress like that well i don't um, know if we can start policing women's fashion sense because some of them have very terrible fashion sense but that's yeah like yeah they, yeah they do but come on now like a blue velvet dress and cleats like really well i interviewed nina paley and she showed up in the same outfit she couldn't stand it because she hates uh, female clothing. She wants to wear to make, nail to make a point. To make a point, I'm guessing she showed up right. the same height. And I wonder right. why yeah. she hates female clothing. Yeah. But what's wrong with know. that? You don't. I'm not forcing you to like male clothing. You don't have to like male clothing. But if it is your fetish to dress the way you dress, then do it at home. Don't do it in public. If it wasn't your fetish, then feel free. Feel free. So, as well. so you, Rudy, you've been using the word fetish and perversion the whole time. And I really think it's clouding your ability to think about this in a non-moralistic, just like strictly psychologically talking about reality sense. And I think you're trying to gaslight me by saying that because that's what autogynephilia is. It's, autogynephilia is about gaslighting? No, autogynephilia is a fetish and a perversion. And you know that and you're gaslighting me by acting as if it's not. And like I'm defining no, it's it wrong. Just I'm not. heterosexuality in pointed at yourself. 
like which is is not a sexual orientation a sexual orientation is about a consensual attraction to other not to yourself as something you're not like that's you're comparing things that ha- do not compare to each mm. other whatsoever sexual orientation consent does not come in sec- consent is not in the definition of sexual orientation um that's a moralistic c- conversation yes but certainly paraphilias wouldn't people with paraphilias have an issue with consent do they not it depends think, on which one and on the individual there's some plenty people of handle uh, them rapists out there that, that right yeah some people some people hump their car respectfully okay how is he uh, yeah I, I think i don't think we're gonna because get that's a any- paraphilia <laughs> I don't think that's we're going to get anywhere further. I, I, I do clearly see, well, I, I mean, I understand Phil's position. I understand Rudy's position, but I understand that you guys, well, I, I understand Rudy that, that you're making a moralistic set of claims about what's proper and improper to do with one's sexual expression. Yeah. And it has to do with intent and consent. Yeah. Uh, I don't see how Phil needs to or can possibly ask for consent for dressing the way that he dresses or writing the books that he writes. I don't see how we can enforce that or why we would want to. I could, I can understand an argument. I, I understand an argument of somebody at a conference. Let's say if somebody approached Phil and said, this is really making me uncomfortable. Would you mind dressing differently? Because I feel unsafe around you. And how that conversation would go would probably be that the person had other people there. And then the group came to a decision to say, Phil, for the say, for the term of this conference, we're going to ask you politely to either leave or dress differently because there is a, a few people who are uncomfortable. That's a very particular uh, you know, way of responding to Phil. If that happened, that did not happen because there were people that whose eyes brows were raised. One person, I, I believe, did have a very negative reaction and then went online and complained about that a week later. And that's where the that's where the ball started getting rolling. But that person didn't approach Phil or approach the event organizers to express their feeling of feeling unsafe. So that's and one way to a gender deal with conference this. about transgenderism. So like. And there were a lot like, of, uh, yeah. there were a number of uh, transsexuals, some of which completely passed. Uh, and, you know, so, so like, that's all, like, I don't see how we can come to an understanding about how to regulate other people's sexual motivations, intent and consent. We probably can't uh, police it. All I'm asking it's the same it's the same way how I really do believe that we can't ever fully police the bathroom situation when it comes to trans people. Um, my thing on that has always been that adults should just be respectful of other adults and they're not being. So when when uh, say a trans woman goes into a female bathroom, I, I don't care if you pass or not. You should know better. Same for trans men, trans women. It doesn't matter. You should know better. Period. And no, we can't police that. But will I forevermore be irritated that people are such narcissists that they can't respect that about the vast majority of the population? Yes. So I don't think we can police what Phil wears and where he wears it or even why he wears it. We can't police it. 
right? And I'm not asking for that. That's a futile thing to ask for. But women, plenty of women have now made their feelings heard and it's up to him. I mean, on another note, you can't really expect women who are looking out for their own safety to approach men that they see as a potential danger all the time. That's not going to happen. Like the vast majority of when, you know, when Phil was saying, oh, I've spoken to hundreds of people and no woman has ever told me that to, to my face. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Women, women know what to do for their own safety. Not that you're a danger, but if they think that you may potentially be one, they're probably not going to approach you about it. You're a man. Like, let's just be real about it. Yeah. Phil, um, do you have any closing remarks? That I'm going to keep wearing women's clothing because it's fine. And it's not as if a majority of women hate it, or at least not where I live. No one cares. I've talked to people of plenty of ages races, whatever, they don't really care. And if there's a few women that do care in a way that it bothers them, they can, you know, deal with their feelings. Um, but I'm not willing to infringe on women's awareness, uh, like ability to wear pants or other men's garments, nor will I infringe on males ability to wear female attire. Um, I think freedom of dress is important. And it is impossible to police, you know, except in terms of like, you got to cover up your genitals and such, but you, this, this idea that males can wear dresses only as long as they're not, as long as they have no degree of autogynophilia in their psychology, I think is preposterous and yeah, I'm going to keep dressing this way and it's fine. Is there any in this in this moment is there any opportunity or anything that you want to say about uh to help us better understand what agp is like like is there a major um, misunderstanding of agp that you'd like to attempt to clarify the biggest one is just when people are using words like fetish and perversion like it makes it seem like either a strictly erotic phenomenon or something that harms other people um, whereas it's just heterosexuality and a, a different form of heterosexuality. And since it involves yourself, there are plenty of ways to act on it that are ethical and do not infringe on other people's freedoms. Which goes down to the social contract, I guess, that we all have to be adults and to allow people to have freedom of expression within some form of boundaries. We can police those, but we have to police those boundaries. You know, there's appropriate attire, inappropriate attire. But I think since the 70s or the 60s, we've allowed for gender nonconformity to be expressed. And we just allowed that, um, I guess, within certain, like, like there's certain contexts where, you know, in, in business or formal attire, that, that, that it's still like, there are gender norms that are pretty, uh, you know, battened down. But in general and at large, we have allowed each other to express uh, ourselves through dress and, and we can go back the other way. I don't think anybody wants to go back the other way. And my, the interesting thing here is if it is about intention and 
if intent and consent, that's a really <coughs> complex uh, way to police other people's attire or to at least police the boundaries of acceptable attire. Cause we don't know intent and we can't get consent for everything at all times. We just can't do it. I don't want to police it. Like I said, I want people to have uh, common sense and I want people to live their lives as freely as they can while respecting others. And I don't feel like, Phil's statement there uh, embodied that whatsoever. It was very much petulant child. I will do what I want. If women are uncomfortable with it, so be it. And so that says it all for me. I think uh, you don't recognize your own misogyny and I think you don't recognize your own homophobia. And I think you're gaslighting women and gay men and straight men that are uh, gender non-conforming in order for your fetish to be normalized. And I will always fight that. So that's- okay. Well, I'd just like to say that I'm not misogynistic. I think it's okay for women to wear pants and other men's garments and that they should be free to do that. Yeah, but you don't think women should uh, have the freedom to express themselves in, in 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 a way to protect themselves and their their safety and their own interests should it infringe on your right to wear something that arouses you around them so i didn't say that they couldn't express themselves rudy at no point did i say that well you said that you're going to continue to act the way you do regardless of their feelings so you don't you don't care mm-hmm. about their feelings it's like yeah you can shout about it but you know Screw your feelings. But the in in person shouting has not happened. Twitter is not real. And the people getting mad on Twitter were not actually at the conference. They're real people. They weren't at the conference though. This there's a this this blow up happened um about two days, two and a half days after the conference concluded, after a big gender critical account retweeted that image of me and the conference was all it was really fun while there. It seemed like everyone had a really good time. I'm sure. And then just two days later, later on Twitter, it just became about a completely different thing that was com- pretty much unrelated to the actual physical reality of the conference. Yeah, I'm sure, but I've already made the point that the vast majority of women who would see you as a potential threat would most likely not approach you anyway. So that says absolutely nothing to me. Well, I don't know how we how we poll all women. We don't have the ability to do that. But yes, Phil, yes, Phil <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that Phil is aware of his environment enough to know when he's making people upset or uncomfortable. And in Portland, it's not that big of a deal. So where he is in his time and his place, he's not getting enough feedback to make it uncomfortable for him. And, and maybe it is the case that most people don't care. And having lived in Portland myself for a decade... It's really not that big of a deal. There's women and there's women in, with beards that are like, "Whoa, you're a woman with a beard," but like, okay, well, she's a woman with a beard, okay. Yeah. Like there's that initial thing, like, okay, but whatever. Yeah, it's not it's not a big deal here either. All I'm saying is, if peop, if you inform someone that, by the way, you know that man's doing that because he's an autogynophile. Oh, what's that? And then you define an autogynophile. I guarantee it's a it's a problem then. That's all I'm saying. It's not a problem <clears throat> here either. I mean, no no offense, but the UK has always been 
quite ahead of the U.S. on, on these kinds of things. I'm just saying, we, like, it's true. Okay, well, I've explained autogynophilia to many women in real life, and they have not expressed revulsion after I explain it to them. And granted, that might be that I'm in Portland, and it's very politically progressive here. I imagine if I went to a sort of like Mothers of Liberty event, maybe that would not go over as well. But at least in the milieu I exist in, it's fine, and the women really don't care. What is Mothers for Liberty? What is that? Uh, uh, It's a political organization uh, that's attempting to restrain, sorry, queer theory uh, programming in schools. Yeah. Capital Q, capital T, um, technical term. Yeah. Oh no, you but, used it in a way that I, I'm not finding offensive. See, that's the difference. Little bunny foo foo. Well, guys, uh, I I appreciate you both for the candor, uh, and and there were some exchanges of blows, but I, I think that uh, overall this is a insightful conversation. It helps to highlight the uh, miscommunications uh, or just the different ways of seeing this issue. And so I, I appreciate both of you guys for, for being open to discuss this thing. It's, it's a rather personal issue for, for both of you guys and, and, and for me as well. The gender thing is just a very personal issue. So thank you very much for, for being open and vulnerable and, uh, you know, candid. Yeah. Thanks for being thank a good you. moderator, Benjamin. Yeah. Yeah. Thank sure. you so much. And I, again, I apologize for interrupting people and getting a bit. Uh, but I just I, I I'm a bit fiery that way, and I, I tried my best not to. It's okay. There you it's go. A, it's, <laughs> it, uh, to a certain extent, that's the entertainment value of this, and and so we enjoy <laughs> it. Yeah. But I'm gonna end the recording now. Uh, okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rudy. Have a good night, man. Stop. And thank you very much, Phil.